On this episode of This is Game Boy Light, they bite, they fight, they also play some golf. It's the itchy and scratchy Miniature Golf Madness Show. And welcome back to another brand new This is Game Boy Light episode in our little in-between episodes where either me or Baltic uh, record something on our own just talk a little bit about a specific topic or just a small game where we don't really have that much to say about um, Before we dive into this week's or month's light episode. Um, let's talk a little bit about what I have been doing since uh, our recording for, what was it again, Hammering Harry. Um, I have uh, gone through a few Game Boy games since then, uh, first one being The Lost World Jurassic Park, uh, the third and final Jurassic Park game that came out on Game Boy. Um, it's a pretty mediocre exploration game, uh, it's one of those games where you get put in a stage and you have to find X amount of items. Uh, before the stage ends. This is a particularly easy one. Um, it offers passwords for every single stage. Um, you always have to look for 10 specific items, either being Dinosaur X or uh, DNA, I believe, of the dinosaurs or even key cards, something like that. Um, and um, there's a very good navigational arrow on the hut that uh, shows you where everything is so it's, it's pretty easy like even the enemies are not that hard to uh, to defeat plus they usually always drop health for you so um, you, you can get by this game pretty quickly I think it took me like an hour and a half in total for all 10 stages I think I only died once and that was because I got like stun locked uh, in the Velociraptor. So um, yeah, pretty easy game. Um, I would say if you want to play a good Jurassic Park game, play The Chaos Continues, which we covered a few episodes back. That is probably the best one, but I mean, this isn't that bad. Like it's fun for, for like two hours. Um, after that, I played Shock Rock, which was, um, let me think, uh, the mascot for I don't remember. Or Core Design, yes. Uh, Core, which is uh, more known from uh, Tomb Raider, of course. Uh, but they did try their hand on having like a, a mascot, which was Chuck Rock. This game came out on many systems. Uh, the Game Boy version is not that great, to be honest. But luckily, it's pretty easy and I beat it in like 25 minutes. Uh, so yeah, you can check it out, but don't expect much. It, it kind of looks ugly. It doesn't play that very well. But it's a short game, so at least there's that. Um, and the final one, I started playing Prince of Persia, the Game Boy version. I have never played an original Prince of Persia game, uh, so this is kind of new for me, even though I do know what type of game it is. Um, like, I really like uh, Out of This World or Another World, uh, the, the French game. Um, that's, a, that's a really fun one. Um, yeah, Prince of Persia, it, it's alright. Um, the time constraint is a little bit uh, 
difficult to get hold of because you really need to do every stage as perfectly as possible so you do have enough time to actually finish the game. I've only managed to get through the first out of 12 stages so far uh, within two minutes out of the one hour time limit so I do have a lot of time left but it, it will be a learning process of like really getting to know the stages and then doing them as perfect as I can so I will have enough time in the end. But yeah, I will continue that one later on. Um, besides the Game Boy games, I have been playing uh, some games on my own because we're currently having a, uh, a heat wave here. Um, it's 36 degrees Celsius right now. It's incredibly hard to do anything <laughs> in this weather. Um, like I'm recording this right now and I'm sweating like crazy. Sometimes you may hear me sigh a little bit just because of the heat. Um, so it's not the pleasant time to be doing anything like this, but um, yeah, so I, I just play games on my own, really, without streaming. Uh, just because it, it, the computer is off, uh, makes less heat in my room, otherwise I, I would not be able to survive. Uh, but I haven't been sleeping much lately either because of, uh, because of the weather. But yeah, um, so I have been playing a few games. Um, uh, I think it, about a week or two ago, um, if you have PlayStation Plus because of their 10-year anniversary, I believe, um, they actually just gave you $10 or 10 euros for free, which you can spend on their digital store. Um, and I took that opportunity to buy a game that I have been meaning to check out for quite some time, uh, which is called Time Spinner. Um, it's, I think, a one-man project. It's... Uh, and I know I hate the term, but I'll say it anyways, because everybody understands it at least. It's a Metroidvania game. Um, it's a really fun one, a surprisingly easy one actually as well, uh, even on the highest difficulty, which you need to beat uh, to get all the achievements. But I played it for literally a weekend, two days, and um, I totally completed it. I think it took me 12 hours in total, and it's... A really good game because usually I take breaks in between playing games and this one I just kept playing until the end because I was having so much fun with it so definitely one you should check out and apparently uh, the creator is making type spinner too so that's something to look forward to in the future um, like I mentioned last time I have been playing deadly premonition 2 um, I finished the game uh, did not complete it as far as you can complete that game um, and like I did not do all of the side missions because I just missed some of them here and there uh, but yeah the frame rate is still a big issue with this game which I hope they can fix eventually um, so I would recommend for people to just wait until it got uh, it gets patched uh, perfectly or as good as they can um, but yeah like the first deadly premonition which is one of my favorite games of all time um, this was really enjoyable to play even though it felt a lot shorter than the original um, especially if you just uh, go through the game without doing any of the side quests I think they didn't incorporate the side quests very well in this one um, they do want you to explore a little bit but there is literally no need for it neither was there in the first one but it felt a little bit more um like that it fits into the actual game and in this one it, it kind of feels randomish um 
But yeah, if you're a fan of Deadly Premonition 1, just uh, definitely play this one because uh, it <laughs> answers a lot of questions, but it also raises quite a few more, uh, which is good because maybe it's it's a little bit of sequel baiting, uh, which I hope will happen. Uh, I don't know if... if uh, who made this? Swery, I think, right? Yeah, Swery. Because um, normally Deadly Premonition was just a one-off game and because it, it got such a... Well, cult following, he did uh, manage to go dive into a second game. So maybe one day we'll see a third one. That would be really cool because I, I really love the world. Uh, I really love the characters. So uh, it, it would be cool if we can get some more info. And I don't need answers or anything. Um, I like it that it's like so open for interpretation. Um, just like Twin Peaks. Um, so... We'll see. Hopefully in the future we'll uh, we'll get more of these games and hopefully they will uh, just work a little bit better from the start. Maybe it's because they didn't know how to make it for Switch. Uh, I don't know. Maybe we'll get an updated version in the future, just like with the original uh, when they made the director's cut. Um, anyways, the final game I have been playing is uh, Ukulele and the Impossible Lair. I bought that game quite a while ago and I played it for a little bit but didn't really get into it, uh, which is really weird because I usually do love games like this. Like, if you don't know what Ukulele is, it's from uh, the old Rare team, uh, the ones that came up with Donkey Kong Country uh, and Banjo-Kazooie. Uh, their first game, Ukulele, was uh, was in the vein of Banjo-Kazooie. Um, and this one is in the vein of Donkey Kong Country. Um, it looks amazing, it sounds amazing, it plays amazing, but there is something about it that just doesn't pull me in quite as much as uh, the 3D one did. Um, but I do love the humor in it and, and things like that. And I will continue playing it, I will complete the game, that's not gonna be an issue. But there's something a little bit off about it that, that I'm not that much into it, as I should be. Because this is literally a game made for me. But uh, yeah, maybe... I'll get uh, I'll get more into it when I'm uh, almost done with it. I think I'm halfway through right now, so we'll see. But yeah, that's uh, all I have been up to besides melting and doing some drawing on the site. I've been doing that a lot more because I wanted to pick that back up again. And Man Over Mars, who we had on the show before and who also made our logo, uh, made a little thing called Mom's Art Club, which is just... Um, every two weeks we get a new team and you can do whatever you want art-wise. Um, you can draw, you can sing even. <laughs> I don't know, nobody has sung before, but you can do whatever you want just uh, to create something. And it's uh, it's like for all um, entry level till professional level, Just uh, it's just to keep busy and to learn more about art and to get better at it. So um, I took that opportunity to uh, start the drawing again because it had been quite a while and I'm really, really liking it. Like the last thing I made was a, a custom cover, a fan art cover for what could have been a Chip and Dale uh, Rescue Rangers Game Boy game. So yeah, if you want to check that out, definitely go see um, Mom's Art Club or check out Man Over Mars' stream. So yeah um anyways that's uh, that's about it uh, we will die we will be diving into uh the episode now the game of this episode which is itchy and scratchy in miniature golf madness right after this break song
Welcome back. Hope you enjoyed that little song that we put in there. Um, I'm not sure if Lex was able to find a better quality version of the songs I found um, because these are not that easy to find for some reason. Um, and this game also only has three tracks to begin with, which is kind of weird, but I'll get into that a little bit later, I guess. Um, anyways, Itchy and Scratchy Miniature Golf Madness is the fourth or the fifth um, game based on the Simpsons franchise that got released on Game Boy, and it's probably also the best one. Um, unless you like Krusty's Funhouse, which is a puzzle game. Um, which is like totally different than any of the other games, of course, but um, I know some people like that game a lot But I think this one might be the best Simpsons game on Game Boy. Maybe one day I'll do um, a podcast about all the uh, Simpsons games. I've only managed to beat twice so far. I haven't played the other ones, so Today we're just gonna concentrate on the Itchy and Scratchy game. Um, this is actually the very first Itchy and Scratchy game that got made, so... Um, bes besides this game, there's also the Genesis one, I believe. Maybe it came out on Super Nintendo as well, uh, which is like more of a just platformer game. Um, but yeah, this was the very first time they actually made a game just based on Itchy and Scratchy themselves. So um, that's that's quite unique already, so that's pretty cool. Um, this game only came out in the US and in Europe um, all around November 1994, uh, which was a kind of a weird year for uh, Game Boy. Um, there weren't that many great games that got released back then. Um, it was kind of starting to slow down with, with a good production value of Game Boy games back then. Um, afterwards, I think around the end of 1995, it, it just got more popular again and we got a lot of uh, great games out of that age. But around 1994, there weren't that many um, games that, that really shook the market, so to say. Um, I have a list here with me. I'll just go over some of them that were actually great. Um, we got Wario Land, Super Mario Land 3, amazing game. That was uh, that was a good one. Uh, we got Donkey Kong uh, 94. Uh, not the Donkey Kong Land series, of course, but the uh, remake, actually, of the Donkey Kong arcade game. Um, and that game actually got released specifically because the Super Game Boy came out in 1994 as well. Um, but if you looked at the marketing for that uh, Super Nintendo add-on, um, it sh showed off that older games from the Game Boy library were, uh, were actually uh, a bigger thing and not the newer games that were coming out. So besides Donkey Kong, they, they basically just put all their sights on like old games like Metroid 2 and things like that just to, uh, to make it sell a little bit more. Um, besides that, we also have uh, Mega Man 5. That's an amazing game that came out in 1994. Um, we got some weirder ones that are pretty fun but not great, like Tarzan, Lord of the Jungle, Contra, The Alien Wars, uh, Samurai Showdown, for example. Those are fun games, but like not the greatest. Um, we also have Jurassic Park Part 2, Chaos Continues, a uh, game I do like, but again, it's not... Uh, not 
the best game you can uh, <laughs> you can imagine. But that's pretty much it. Like all the rest are some run of the mill, very standard games that aren't that great. Uh, some licensed games, some sports games. Nothing special to talk about. But this one kinda is a little bit special though. Um, but we'll get into that. Uh, soon. Um, the game got developed by Beam Software. Um, we've talked about Beam Software before. If you want to hear more about them, just listen to our True Lies episode. Still the best episode we've ever done. I, I swear. You all should listen to that one. Uh, but yeah, they're an Australian video game company, at least. Uh, and the game also got published by Acclaim, who had the Simpsons license uh, back then. So those were the ones who always made the Simpsons games, starting from the NES games uh, up until the Super Nintendo and Genesis Mega Drive games. All of them at least got published by Acclaim. Um, they actually were gonna lose their license at the end of 1994, start of 1995. So they tried to push one more uh, Game Boy game for The Simpsons out there, um, which was this one. And then sometime after the Super Nintendo Genesis Itchy and Scratchy game came out. But those were the last ones they actually made. Um, the thing, of course, with The Simpsons games is that nobody really likes any of The Simpsons games. Like... They have a reputation for being extremely unfair, not fun, just weird. Um, so when you look at the entire Simpsons game library, back in those days, there weren't really any great games to speak of. Is this a great game, the one I'm talking about today? No, it's not, but it is definitely better than all the rest that came out before it, in my honest opinion. Um, the weird thing with this game is that it's not your standard uh, Simpsons game you would imagine. Um, most of them are kind of like platformer uh, exploration games. Um, you have a few other games on Game Boy that are just basically mini games. Uh, the one I'm thinking of is Bart versus the Juggernauts. Um, but yeah, this was basically just another game to ride on the hype of what The Simpsons was, um, even though in 1994 it wasn't that popular anymore. But uh, all the other games around The Simpsons were based on Bart, because Bart was the most popular character. Uh, there was an entire like Bart craze back in the early 90s, uh, if you don't remember that, or, or if you are too young for that, just uh, just look it up. Um, he had like singles, he had his face printed on everything you can ever imagine. Um, it, it was a little bit crazy. So usually when Acclaim made games, they, uh, they just went with the Bart theme. But for this one, they took a different approach. So that's, that's definitely kind of nice. They went with Itchy and Scratchy. Um, the composer of this game is Marshall Parker. Uh, Marshall Parker is an Australian composer, of course, because he worked for Beam, which was an Australian company. Um, and he did quite a few games, actually. So um, I'll just pull some of these up here. Uh, maybe you have heard of them, maybe not. Um, but he did Bill and Ted's Excellent Game Boy Adventure. Again, not that great of a game. Uh, Choplifter 2. That's a, that's a pretty fun game. It's 
if you like Choplifter, that's that's definitely fun. Uh, Firefighter, a game I talked about before. I don't remember if I mentioned uh, Marshall Parker for that one. Maybe I couldn't find uh, who did the music for that one, but here it is. It's uh, So it's Marshall Parker who did that one. Uh, I see NBA All-Star Challenge too. That's not a great game. He did Tom and Jerry. <laughs> that's actually kind of funny because Itchy and Scratchy is basically a parody of Tom and Jerry, so that's great. I uh, did T2, the arcade game, 4-1 Fun Pack, Baby T-Rex, uh, that's that's Bamsey or We're Back a Dinosaur Story, whatever. Yeah, here we go. <laughs> it's, it says it's right under it, actually. 4-1 uh, Fun Pack 2, the other Tom and Jerry game, Choplifter 3. The list goes on, and he's still quite active and is actually currently uh, helping with Ubisoft Singapore, I believe, um, making the next Assassin's Creed game. So he's still quite active. Uh, so yeah, that's that's great. He's still do, putting in the work. Uh, but yeah, like I mentioned uh, for this game, there are only three tracks to speak of. There's the intro theme or title screen music. There's uh, the uh, stage preview screen music and there is the music for the actual stages um, and that's the same song for every stage in the game it's the same song it's like a one minute 20 second song even it's not that long and it, it gets quite annoying after a while sorry marshall parker <laughs> uh, but yeah it, it is true it, it does get a little bit grating after a while but yeah, let's dive into Itchy and Scratchy and Miniature Golf Madness itself. Let's uh, talk a little bit about the plot. And for that, I do have the manual here, which is surprising that I found the manual for this. But uh, but yeah, let's uh, let's see what it says. Um, it's a beautiful summer day. Yeah, it, it sure is. I'm sweating like crazy here. Uh, it's a beautiful summer day and Scratchy's out for a relaxing run of miniature golf. The sun is shining, the birds are singing, and all seems right with the world. But Itchy has other plans. He's locked the gates behind Scratchy and has booby-trapped the entire course with bottomless pits, cannons, and other obstacles to ensure that the only holes in one on this course will be holes in one Scratchy to get. And to make sure the job gets finished, Itchy's coming after Scratchy himself with chainsaws, bazookas, and flamethrowers. Oh, that Itchy. But what makes this Itchy and Scratchy cartoon special is that you get to direct all of Scratchy's award-winning hijinks as he faces off against his old pal in Miniature Golf Madness, where every put Scratchy takes could be his last. Now, yeah, that's the plot of this game. Scratchy playing some golf and Itchy trying to annoy him or kill him basically um so yeah coming from the title you might think hey this is just uh, a random mini golf game just with itchy and scratchy uh, pasted on top of it you are not super wrong in that but it's actually also just a platformer game so um it has an interesting concept something well, we haven't seen before, at least. Um, usually golf games or mini-golf games are just really mini-golf or golf, like there's nothing more to it. But this was a unique take on it, at least with uh, introducing some platforming mechanics and action mechanics. So um, that's why I actually wanted to put some light on this game, because it is pretty unique. Um, and we didn't get to see like another great unique take on golfing games until Golf Story came out. Uh, if you haven't played that game yet, definitely go check it out. It's, it's definitely one of the best golf games out there. Um, 
But yeah, this game consists of you playing through nine holes in total, trying to get the ball to the end, of course. Um, and that's basically the entire game. That's, that's nine holes. That's all there is to it. Not even 18 holes, just nine of them. That's more than enough, by the way. So uh, I'll get through all the stages in a little bit, but um, basically how the game works is you are put in a quote-unquote platforming stage, which is also a mini golf course. And when you traverse through it, um, like the plot, reading set um, there are some hazards spread throughout the stages that itchy has put up for you um, there are many many itchies i guess it's just one itchy but in this case it's many itches that try to kill you while you're trying to get your ball to the end of the course um, itchy will attack you in various kinds of ways by hiding behind a wall and throwing knives by using a flamethrower uh, by using a hatchet by using bombs anything you can think of he will use against you luckily you can defend yourself as well um, you have your standard quote-unquote weapon uh, which is your golf club you can use that to swing uh, to hit him. Uh, but there are also a variety of different weapons that you can pick up to the through the game, uh, but those are limited in use. Um, I'll go through all of them real quick. You have a mallet, which is basically works like the Donkey Kong mallet. Um, it gives you a temporarily a vulnerability and you can hit everything with it. Um, there is the Springfield Slugger baseball bat just a baseball bat whatever uh you got a machete you got a bladed discus you got grenades you got bombs you got a ray gun and you also got a boomerang uh the boomerang is a little bit uh more unique because you can actually throw it and pick it back up again and not lose your ammo but uh it's sometimes hard to catch it actually so um be prepared for that but those are all the weapons you can pick up throughout the stages to defend yourself um besides that there are also a lot of secret areas where that you can find usually they give you an extra life that you can use or you can even find an eraser uh, the erasers are actually to um lower your swinging score or your hitting score or whatever you want to get it so you can basically get the par and yes there are pars because it is still a golf game as well um, so every hole has a par um, but basically it's almost impossible unless you're perfect to get uh, under par there is also no need for you to get under par Besides one thing, um, the more you are under par, the more lives you get at the end of the stage as extra hits that you can take. Um, the thing about this is, like I said, unless you're basically perfect at this game, which I don't think anybody wants to put the effort into, you will never get an extra life for, uh, for being under par. You will also always be above it with either a small margin or a very big margin um, the problem mostly comes from the way you have to put the balls um, just like in actual mini golf there are some kind of dumb hazards that you have to get through to get your ball right where you need it to be otherwise it just gets knocked back and it starts going into like an infinite loop of you trying to get the ball in and the ball being pushed out again um, I'll dive into the actual holes um, when I get through the stages but basically 
they also uh, they always uh, make it really hard for you to just uh, get it in there even if you had like maybe minus five or something before you got there you will go over it just because of the end of this stage um anyways um how the game works is like this the b button uh, is used to swing your club or use any different kind of weapon um, and with the swinging a club means using it as a weapon um, because if you just swing your uh, swing your club at the ball nothing will happen like it will just go up and down but it will not uh, advance the way you actually get your ball moving is by pressing upright next to it so you go into the putting stands or swinging stands and then you get your little uh, power meter going and then you have to like hit it at the right time to uh, to knock knock away the ball very far or close by whatever you need. Um, the A button jumps, that's for the platforming part of the game, of course. Um, it's, it's not just a straight course, you have to go through slopes, you have to push the ball up uh, moving platforms, over moving platforms, into cannons, blah blah blah, yada yada yada, whatever you can think of. So the A button lets you jump around a little bit and even find those secret areas, which are usually behind a wall, which is kind of obvious where it is. I think I found them all. Um, it, it's not that hard to find uh, at all. Um, and the select button, that's the final uh, button you can use. It uh, just cycles through all the weapons you've picked up if you have more than one. Uh, but yeah, that's pretty much how this game works. Um, so you start at the starting point for the golf course, you knock your ball around, you go through hazards, you try to avoid itchy um, and it's best to kill Itchy. If you kill him, he won't come back, at least not from that spawning point. So that gives you two ways to actually play this game. Um, either you can take it very slow by just going through the stage uh, without taking the ball with you. Uh, try to explore the stage a little bit. Kill every Itchy that gets in your way uh, throughout the stage, then go back to the original uh, starting point of the stage and then just play the golf game. That's one way to play it. Also probably the best way to play it because this game does not offer unlimited continue sadly. Um, you only start with 9 lives. You can pick up a lot of them through the stages, that's not a problem. And if you get under par you get extra lives as well that way. But uh, if you run out of those nine lives, you have one continue, and that is all. So uh, you have to be really careful about that. So like I said, preferably you go through the stage at your own pace, you just get rid of all the hazards or itchies that you come across, and then you just play a nice little relaxing game of golf to get to the end, and that's pretty much it. Um, there is no penalty for going over par, um, besides that you don't get extra lives, of course, but you can swing as many times as you want, like, even if it's a hundred times to get through the stage, there's no problem. Um, there's also no time limit, so you can take your sweet time just going through the stage, so you don't have to worry about that, at least. Thank God, because if there was a time limit or, like, a swing limit, it would have been a very, very difficult game to get through. The game does not offer any passwords or anything. It's the nine holes you get, so you have to get through all of them without uh, losing all your lives. So um, 
it does take a little bit of being careful unless you perfectly know where everything is. So let's go through the nine stages. Um, they're all basically puns on either movie titles or series titles or book titles. Um, so let's get through them real quickly. Um, the first hole is called Grim Fairy Tales, um, which you can guess is just based on uh, fairy tales. Like you see Humpty Dumpty, um, and I don't know what else you see actually, I don't remember, uh, but there's probably something else. But yeah, it's based actually on, uh, on some fairy tales, and of course they call it fairy tales because well, you're a cat and a mouse, so that <laughs> makes sense. But this is uh, like your run-of-the-mill starting stage, I would say. There's not that much uh, that can go wrong in it. There's a lot of extra lives to pick up, um, and it's pretty easy to just get through the stage. There isn't a lot of platforming involved uh, involved either. It's, it's really just uh, getting the ball to the end of the course. So it just makes you... Uh, it just makes you get familiar with the mechanics of the game, which you will be using in the later stages. Uh, second stage is called Malice in Krusty Land, of course a take on Malice in Wonderland. Um, this starts introducing stage hazards or traps that uh, Itchy has put up. Uh, in this case it's like jack-in-the-boxes with Krusty's face on it. You can destroy them, so there's not much of a problem to get through them. And it does offer some more hidden parts of the level that you don't need to go to, but you can find a lot of erasers or extra lives there uh, that can help you get through the stage. And the end of this stage offers, in my opinion, one of the worst putts in, uh, in the entire game. I don't get it. Um, I got to the end of the stage with like maybe five under par or, or better um, and then you have to like knock the ball into Krusty's tongue which keeps coming in and out but there's something either I don't get it or there's something off with it where my ball just keeps getting pushed back by the tongue instead of being swallowed so yeah I got over par again like like always so that's great right yeah that's great third hole is the one called rest in pieces of course uh, more uh, graveyard team as you can imagine so in this stage they uh, introduce pipes and I think this is the only one that actually has pipes uh, now that I think of it uh, but the pipes take your ball to a certain part of the stage some are good some are bad so you have to figure out which pipe to take to get to the end faster and this is also the only course that I was able to get subpar in um, and the reason for that is because I think they put a warp in there. Um, it's really easy to do. I'm not even gonna say how to do it because I did it by accident um, and I thought I did something wrong and the game glitched out, but it's actually a way you can do it. Uh, but it literally takes your ball from the half of the stage till the end, like literally in front of the hole. So um, I believe, and I might be wrong in that, I'm not gonna try and figure it out, that every stage has one of these secret warps that uh, just helps you get subpar. Um, that would make a lot more sense actually than uh, the way the other stages work, because it's kind of weird that only this stage would have that, and uh, looking at the parse, I kind of feel I kind of feel like there's more warps, but maybe somebody can figure them out and make a video on them or make a walkthrough on them. That's that would be amazing. Uh, but yeah, this one um, you 
just have to get your ball over coffins, um, over graves, things like that. Get through the pipe maze, quote-unquote, and then get to the end. This is a pretty easy one, so it goes by very fast. Uh, the fourth stage is called Pir Pirates of the Scratchibian, which puts you on a pirate boat. Um, they introduce cannons there. If you uh, knock your ball into them, they got... They get uh, shot away and then you have to go after them. Um, it, it, it's just an automatic way of putting the ball somewhere else. Um, there's not much to it. You also have to use more slopes to get over hazards uh, or over walls where the ball otherwise couldn't reach. Nothing special again, um, pretty standard stage. You go down into the boat and then you go back up again. Nothing too special about this one. Uh, the fifth stage is called Ice Cream of Genie. Um, that one um, takes a place in like an Indian uh, Prince of Persia kind of stage where there are a lot, a lot of uh, stage hazards. Um, there are like these pressure plates that either makes uh, a statue of uh, Mel shoot out an arrow at you, or an arrow comes from the ceiling, or sometimes the, the stage just blows up. So you have to be careful about that. Um, and the second harder part of this stage is that um, there are two ways to go one is the easy route one is the harder route um, the harder route is shorter of course so you have to go through that one preferably or it will take you a while to get back to where you are but uh, at the end you just uh, find a poo who is holding a lamp and you have to like knock the ball through the clouds I, I still don't get that one sometimes my ball gets blown off i guess sometimes it doesn't like i said these holes don't really make a lot of sense most of the time but uh these are still doable at least besides the one in uh, in crusty land um going into stage six i believe yes six yep um it's called shop along scratchity um i'm not sure what title this refers to, but it's a Western stage, it's a cowboy stage. Uh, you go through some mines where there are TNT crates and waterfalls and things like that you have to cross. The TNT crates, of course, can also hurt yourself, but you do have to knock the ball into them to send it flying. Um, there's also some cannons that shoot balls that you can stand up to uh, cross bigger gaps because otherwise you would fall into the water and lose one of your lives um, so it gets a little bit more difficult definitely in this stage you have to be really careful there are some very crappy itchy placements here and there that you have to be aware of um, but like i said before just take your time with the stages do it do it very gently very slowly and you'll get past everything pretty quickly. Uh, going into stage 7, we go into Patty Meltdown. Patty Meltdown is uh, basically the stage with the nuclear power plant. Um, this one isn't that hard. Um, it uses some clever mechanics with some um, magnets here and there where you can use uh, the magnets to send the ball flying to where it needs to be. There aren't that many enemies in this stage, which is good, but there are some very annoying laser beams that you have to avoid. And they are annoying because usually they are on uh, a conveyor belt you have to cross, and it's kind of hard to like get the timing down right to get across them. I lost a lot of lives in this one. I think this is the 
where I died originally, game over completely originally, but um, with the second try, uh, this is, I also died again, but then I have nine lives, so I could uh, get past it. Um, after Paddy Meltdown, we go into 20,000 Mice Under the Sea, which is the underwater stage. Don't worry, there are not any underwater physics or something like that. This is actually a maze stage where you have to uh, get your ball into the right door, or otherwise it gets sent back to an earlier part of the stage. So it takes some time getting used to where you need to go, but it wasn't that difficult at all, so... I wouldn't worry too much about it. There are only so many doors anyway, so um, it just takes some getting used to some of the parts because your ball has to uh, cross a gap somewhere, but if you do it too far, it flies over it and then it goes into the wrong door and you have to do it all over again. So that's not fun. That's not fun. But it's, it's not that big of a maze, so you will get past it quite quickly. And then the final stage, which is called Nine and a Half Shrieks. I don't, I don't even know why they <laughs> went with a parody on that one. And also because the stage has literally nothing to do with uh, the movie Nine and a Half Weeks. But uh, this is a haunted house. Um, I was very scared of this stage when I got there because I didn't have that many lives left. Um, but it's surprisingly a pretty easy stage. Um, it has some cool mechanic where you have to uh, knock your ball into a hand that comes out of the ground and then it uh, angles the ball uh, and you have to press it at the right time to shoot it where it needs to be. Also while trying to avoid shooting a ball into ghosts because those ghosts will take your ball back to a previous place. Um, but yeah, this is a pretty easy stage uh, compared to some of the previous ones. The only hard part about this is uh, actually the final put that you have to do. Um, I don't exactly remember what it was, um, but like in the western stage there, the put is actually against a sheriff who shoots and the bullets also hit you. So that takes away your lives. And this one had something very similar. Um, maybe it was the reaper throwing things. Maybe I'm confusing it with rest in pieces. Uh, but anyways, there's a, there's a hole again where the actual hole can hurt you. Um, and it's never easy to just get the ball in first try. So um, if you're not careful, you will get hit a few times. And if you, well, don't have enough lives, uh, you might actually die right at the end there because they put that hazard in there. But yeah, that's pretty much the entire game those are the nine holes um and then you just get a very quick ending sequence i think it's just two screens or something like that and then the game is over that's the entire game so all in all it's pretty easy to get through um if you take your time but um just be wary that running out of lives can happen faster uh than you would imagine at the start of the game and um if you have to redo the entire game it of course sucks because you are so far in and it's not the best game out there it's a fun game it's a unique game um i definitely think you should check it out but um, don't expect too much of it of course because it still is a simpsons game all right looking very quickly at the cover art for this game um it's pretty standard really it uses bart again on the cover just because he's such a popular character and you can see bart in the um level pre i don't i don't know how to call those like 
the title screens for each stage like they they do it like it's an episode you know what i mean uh but yeah it has bart holding the flag uh over one of the holes um and besides that you just see the head of itchy and the head of scratchy probably decapitated or something like that um, you have a golf ball that is actually a bomb that's being thrown from somewhere behind them um and you can see like a windmill and a castle and, and things like that in the background it's a very standard Simpsons uh, cover, to be honest. The the thing with uh, the Simpsons games is like people buy them because they like the Simpsons or they rent them or or whatever, and then they get disappointed. <laughs> but um, you don't have to do much with a Simpsons game to get people's attention. So this is more than enough. Like it has Bart, it has Itchy, and it has Scratchy on it. Um, so that will definitely get the sales going for it. Um, if it sold well, I have no idea actually if it did or not. But um, like I said, I, I do think this is probably the best Simpsons game you can find on Game Boy. So... Um, yeah, they did a pretty pretty standard job on the cover, but it works. It's it's not a bad cover. It's just nothing special. It's just what you would expect from The Simpsons. Um, trivia I don't have, but I do have some uh, reception uh, in old media. Uh, so um, it wasn't received super well, but it wasn't that terrible either um it's it generally has mixed to positive reviews like nintendo power gave it uh 2.825.5 let's just say three three out of five rating so that's pretty okay um but yeah people do praise it for the unique gameplay it offers because well it's not just a platforming game it's also a golf game so again like i said it's a unique take on both concepts so uh that makes it stick out uh between all the rest of them and like makes it stick out between any game really um because it's it's quite innovative but it wasn't done super well um game pro rated it at an 11.5 out of 20 um saying that the controls are accurate but the graphics are a little boring i guess yeah the graphics are not that great um and the music is repetitive i can i can definitely agree on that one like i said before so but yeah everybody thinks like you know what this is a pretty mediocre game it's not too bad but it, it's not that great either so um and i think from what i've said about it you can definitely uh you can definitely see that that is the case all right let's take another short break here so you can enjoy the other song that i found of this game uh, luckily you don't have to listen to it on repeat uh, but after that i'll dive into my uh, thoughts and history with the game and then i will sign off for this episode be right back we're back hope you enjoyed that song probably not i'm sorry i had no choice uh anyways my uh thoughts and history with the game like i didn't play this game before but i did see other people play it um so i kind of was interested in 
what it was. I wanted to play it for myself because um, it looked fun, at least. Like, it didn't look great, but it at least looked fun. Um, and I wasn't disappointed. Like, I did enjoy playing this game. Um, it's just a little bit slow if you take the approach that I did, of course, with going through the stage and then going back and things like that. But, I mean, the limited lives... Uh, do warrant that a little bit uh, to, to safely get through the game because otherwise you will just keep on playing it and playing it. Um, I feel sad that the par is a little bit out of reach mo in most of the stages except for that third one but again um, there might be warps in other stages so I tried looking for them but I didn't really find any uh, so maybe I just got lucky with that third one um, I also looked at a walkthrough of this and that's the only one that got mentioned in there as well so maybe that is the only one I don't know but maybe people uh, would like to find out um, but yeah um, like I said I think it's a unique game uh, that you definitely should check out if you want to play a Simpsons game on Game Boy just Pick this one, like you don't play with Bart or whoever else, uh, well, it's usually only Bart anyways, um, but it's a fun game at least, um, it's, it's good for an hour and a half, two hours of fun, so why not just enjoy the game for a little bit, if you don't like it you can always put it away, no harm done, but uh, I think it's, it's fun, um, I like golfing games, this one takes it a little bit further with the platforming, so um, yeah, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, so yeah, that those are <laughs> literally my thoughts and my history with the game. Don't really have much of a history with it. Uh, the only Simpsons game I actually played uh, and bought, because yes, even I was dumb enough to buy one of the Simpsons games, uh, was Bart vs. the Juggernauts, and I absolutely hated that game. So, when I come across that one again for my portable pleasure challenge, uh, I think there might be some screams. Might be some screams. My inner child might die again, so we'll see about that. Um, I would dive into a small speedrunning section, however, there are no speedruns of this, because why would you? Uh, but it might be interesting to do so, because like I said, I took the easy approach by going through the stage, killing everything, then going back, uh, which of course makes you lose a lot of time, but maybe there is a way to like do this quite fast, so... And if people... Well, people play worse games to speedrun, so why not try it out? So here's your chance uh, to dive into this game. I, I don't know what... If I would have to say an estimate... 25 minutes, maybe something like that. Maybe even faster, I don't know. Because you, you, like you don't have to care about much, you just have to stay alive and get your ball to the end as fast as possible. So uh, it's not like you have to score high or anything like that. So yeah, why not just go ahead and start speedrunning miniature golf madness? It's, it's something, it's a speedrun like you've never done before. I can promise you that. Alright, but that is all I have to say about this game. That's why it was a light episode, of course. Um, like always, if you have any thoughts and suggestions, you can, uh, of course, reach out to us through our SoundCloud itself. You can join our Discord. You can reach all of us on Twitter or on Discord. Um, you can find me on Twitter, Twitch, 
um, and YouTube, all under Moolah, which is M-O-E-L-L-E-U-H. Uh, you can find my co-host Beltic on Twitch as Beltic Gaming um, on YouTube as something random. I'm sorry, I can't give you that. Uh, I think it's also Beltic Gaming on the Instagrams. Uh, or you can find us on Discord, of course, through those things. You can find our amazing producer uh, on Discord under Lex or on Twitch as Sprinting Lex. She also has our own website, uh, sprintinglegs.com, where you can find out more of the projects she's doing besides just uh, making us sound good for all of you. Um, it does a lot of things in the background, which... Me and Baltic are also involved with most of the time, but there are quite a few things she's doing on her own. So it's always cool to check those out. You can definitely find all links to all of our social mediums. Mediums? That's not a word, but now it is. Uh, just through our actual website, which is gbrunners.com slash T-I-G-B. And on that website, you can, of course, Find a link to our Patreon if you want to support this uh, podcast and help it improve in the future or just help us pay our bills and legs. Um, you can definitely become a patron. Um, we do have some things tied to that. If you become one, you can... Um, Actually, check out our episode notes. There are some exclusive channels on our Discord that you have access to, some uh, exclusive clips you have access to, like some bloopers, things like that, that uh, Lex put together from time to time. Um, in the future, if we have enough patrons, we will definitely also do like... Uh, listener episodes things like that so you can vote on those things um but yeah definitely become one of our patrons if you want to support us our main goal is to get 20 dollars a month i think we're at 12 at the moment um, but if we do hit that 20 dollar mark we will do more live uh recordings of these things um definitely not when it's 36 degrees like now because that would be the absolute worst for me. I would I would just melt behind my computer trying to do that. So that wouldn't be much fun to look at anyways. Um, if you do want to support us any other way, um, we do also have just a PayPal. You can always uh, just support us one time instead of just through a monthly subscription base. There's, there's definitely no problem for that. Do let us know if you do. Um, like if you want to have access to the special things on Discord and things like that, because through PayPal, we can't really see it, who you are. So it's not automatically that you get a special role and things like that. So uh, so definitely do let us know uh, by putting in a note or something if, if you uh, would like to donate through PayPal. So uh, that's definitely a way to do it. Do you want to support us without money? You can do that as well. Just uh, listen to us, recommend us to all of your friends and family, um, and even leave a little review here and there, wherever you find us. Like even if it's just a rating, uh, like on, on Apple or something. Is it just called Apple Podcasts, right? now? I don't know anymore, but just leave a little review. It just helps put us out there so more people can uh, can find out about us and i mean if that's all you want to do lovely like spread the love of the podcast let people know that there are some people who are very dedicated to the Game Boy library and if uh if people are interested in listening to 
Game Boy related things um, that they definitely should check us out. Anyways, that is it for me. Um, I am heading off. I am going to dive into a pool filled with ice cubes or something like that. Um, hopefully it's not just one solid ice cube because that would hurt a lot. Um, but I need to go cool off because I'm, I'm literally drenched right now. But um, me and Baltic will be back in two weeks with a brand new episode on Banishing Eraser. Ta-da! I'm dying, I'm dying. I'm dying.